say I think the most exciting part of this issue was probably Celine for me, which was a shock because I didn't go in expecting much from her. But I mean, she was talking about magic, so I'm easy. Is Celine interesting or is this like a magic thing and I should just mind my business? For me, it's just a magic thing. I don't necessarily <laughs> feel any particular. I think Celine is one of those characters like she looks good. When I used to think, of, when I was younger and I used to think about the X Men movies that were created by Fox and I would think about them making a Celine, I would see like Monica Bellucci. Now here's the slander. Now the campaign is starting. Terrible when Nikki say, first they switch, <laughs> they turn. <laughs> first they love you, then they switch. They switch I like am what, what I am. <laughs> I am what I am. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of another relaunch. Your host, I am Keenan. Oh no, I am. I'm a bishop. Oh, okay. And you know what? This week I will be uh, Shola and Kosi. Let's do that. I don't think they know. Still working on the code name. (laughs) Still working on the code name. But I'm going to be him today. Soldier. (laughs) All right, Shola. How are you this week? I'm good. I've been busy with work, but (laughs) loving the weekend. The weather's been kind of crazy out here in LA. It's been like 60 degrees all week and like kind of raining. And that's not what I moved here for. <laughs> it, it, like, did a really bad thunderstorm the other night. It was felt amazing. I, like, opened the window a little bit, put a candle yeah. on. It was real hot. Yeah, I set the mood last night when it was, like, kind of raining when I watched Moon Night. And, like, you know. <sighs> yeah, I know we can talk about that later. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are. Although, I'm also, I really, I, I do really want to go see Morbius, too. Oh, why? I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be, like, just a really good time. I think it's going to be funny. It's, like, it's Jared Leto. It's vampires. Oh. I don't really know what's not to like about that. And it's, like, and I know everybody's saying it's horrible, and it more than likely is absolutely 100% horrible, but it's going to be funny. Sometimes bad is funny. And it's, like, I just have to witness it. I saw some um, tweets about, like, a Morbius Discord community that went to go and see it, and Jared Leto surprised them, and I was so jealous. Oh. I was That's nice. I they was, do that a lot out here. Yeah. I got to <laughs> I'm on my way. Well, maybe you'll have to tell us about how that is. I don't know if we'll be doing um, a rewatch <laughs> on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. First of all, we watched Wonder Woman 84. We can definitely that is, that is <laughs> That is very true. Now, see, now we set the precedent now because the bar is on the floor. Okay, all right, <laughs> Anyways, let's go ahead. Let's talk about these comics for the week and get into those and see how that's going. It's starting up on our list is Captain Marvel 37 and it's Kelly Thompson and Julius Ota. And that's you because you know, yes. And so tell us about Captain Marvel. He's a new, he's a new artist uh, for the series, and I really enjoyed his art uh, a lot actually. He, <clears throat> he really draws the faces really well. 
and really drew like, you know, the powers which a lot of the characters in Captain Marvel have. Now, this issue is like the cooldown issue basically after everything happened previously with Box Supreme taking all those Captain Marvels and trying to come after Carol and the creation of Binary. And now they're back on Earth. It opens with Carol and Spectrum fighting these monsters that they fought previously, uh, these like giant <laughs> cats that like shoot this acid that smells like pee and there's like a wizard Ooh, and they're like yeah fun. they're like they're like it's fun they're like beating ass and um using their powers and stuff and remembering that the last time they were together this same mm-hmm. wizard showed up and they're like maybe it's because we always around each other <laughs> like <laughs> it's probably us and um which really goes to show that like the feud that has been created between them only exists amongst fans because mm. like in the books they're cool with each other like they're friends um but then binary mm. shows up and she like gets rid of the monsters and she's like you know do we got to do something about this and they all end up with like teaming up together and shooting their energy blast and they're basically trying to figure out what is exactly binary because mm-hmm. the way that she was created was um through comic book craziness basically mm. um it, because the planet that she was on when she was created also had Phoenix energy and like that created her. And they're basically trying to figure out what's going on here. Basically, in my opinion, I think they wanted to give binary the character like a new costume. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I am okay with I'm okay with that. Uh, because I think this costume is really hot. Um So wait, she's the Phoenix? Yeah. No, she's like not the Phoenix. But she's the got Phoenix, the Phoenix inside like of her. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't when know. That bird gets involved. I know. That's why something's going to mm-hmm. happen. I, I think she, the way that this was kind of set up with her being like the fish out of water, they try to cheer her up later because they take her to this place and get pancakes and then they get attacked again by this wizard. And this cat that was on the field also ends up dying. Um, so Binary gets sad and it's this whole like, you know, fish out of water kind of thing with her. And mm-hmm. she's like, figuring out this stuff um i did one of my favorite panels of the week was while they're explaining to her you know that things do die and they're trying to break things down to her um carol is like you know sometimes things do die and spectrum was like not me (laughs) 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 captain marvel was like you're not helping right now but yes um i did appreciate that and they end up having a girls night later it's a really pretty much fun issue. By the end of it, um, they go to this bar, have this girls' night to try to cheer up binary. They go back to Carol's apartment, and Carol gets like kidnapped, and that's mm-hmm. how the issue kind of ends. Well, I know that there is going to be something where Carol is like lost, while binary is left on Earth, and because she's Captain Marvel because Carol's been binary before on Earth. So, mm-hmm. or, well, no, actually she hasn't. No, actually she hasn't. Technically, I don't know if anyone ever really saw her as binary while she when she came back to Earth. Um, mm. But you probably just assume that she's Captain Marvel because she looks like her. So um, basically, binary was going to have her own like kind of arc and we'll dive into her and see what she's kind of doing while Carol is. I don't know where she is. There's an annual coming out um, mm. soon. She like gets um, goes to jail with the cap with the star jammers. And like they have a, like a real. Oh, that's cute. I, I I used to like Carol when she was with Star Jammers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when she was binary. It was, it was oh, interesting. 
do you think that okay so i have two questions for you about this book now one are you enjoying the new binary character so far of what you've seen and then two do you think that they are like kind of working towards her eventually joining up with the star chambers oh i didn't even think about that i don't know if they're going to legitimize her as a character but again because mm-hmm. she was just kind of like she's just kind of manifested <laughs> out mm-hmm. of like a random comic book event thing that happened for Carol where she just like used her powers in a way she had never done before. And then that infused with the DNA of Marvel from the planet as, as well as the Phoenix energy kind of created her. So I don't know mm-hmm. if she actually exists, but so you don't, is, know, you don't they, they might do that. You don't think she's going to like stick around after this and like kind of become a supporting character for Carol for future stories and stuff like that. I'm not sure. She's very powerful, so I don't know if if, if they need even more power <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. And I do think that like there's gonna have to be some reason for their how how she exists and where she can go after that. And because can Carol just keep doing this? Like, can she go back to that planet mm-hmm. and just like create another binary? So I don't know. Sounds um, like we need to put Carol. And the down. way that this, I don't know about all of that, but the way that this <laughs> issue kind of worked they were really kind of emphasizing the emotion behind binary yeah. which makes me think that like she probably gonna die <laughs> so mm-hmm. um i don't okay. know we'll see i'm interested i really like this issue spectrum was great in it um obviously there's going to be a lot more of her now because carol's gone and they're probably yeah. gonna she's probably gonna go out there and go look for her or something like that so i'm excited for what's coming next okay what would you rate the issue um, I would give this issue a 3.5 out of 5. Again, um, it was more of a cooldown issue before like the next ramp up arc kind of yeah. happened, uh, but it was still fantastic art and great introduction to binary and like all the characters and how they get along with each other. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Check that out, Captain Marvel fans. Next yeah, up, yeah. we have Aquaman number two, and this comes from Brandon Thompson and Chuck Brown with art from Sam Barsery. And we continue the story of other multiple Aquaman. Jackson, Arthur, and Black Manta are all, well, we find out that Arthur has been working with Black Manta. And Jackson is dealing with that revelation, this issue, and he's pissed about it, obviously, because him and Black Manta don't get along. I will say, though, that this issue kind of brought in, I think, what is a little bit of a problem for the series. They're relying too much on everybody having familiarity with the story and these characters already, of what's come before. So, like, there are conversations that are happening around this revelation. Jackson basically calls, like, a quote-unquote family meeting. And so Mara, Tula, and Garth all show up, and he, like, tells them, hey, Arthur's working with Black Manta. And the relationship with, like, him and Garth is kind of weird, because they've only actually interacted one other time during Percy's Teen Titans, and Garth was very friendly with him. And here, he's kind of giving him, like, hey, what's up, new guy? Like, you haven't been doing this too long, and you might not know what you're talking about, and that's, like, a little weird. Oh, was it giving him, like, like little brother energy? Like, Not even little brother energy, almost like, you new here, don't speak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And like that just feels, yeah, and that just feels like weird because it's like, hey, Garth, I mean, but New 52, I mean, Rebirth Garth has been like a whole thing. Garth in general is kind of like a whole thing. So it's I don't really know. It's a curse. It's a <laughs> curse. 
Um, but you know, that happens. And then I think that there's like a lot of stuff going on with Jackson. He's very like aggressive and kind of angry with the people. And I feel like it's supposed to be an extension of everything that just happened in the miniseries with like his mom being in the coma now. And now he's a little bit more serious and rigid. So he's doing things that he wouldn't normally do in acting ways that he wouldn't act before. But I feel like if you don't know how Jackson acted with these characters beforehand, you don't really understand that. It's just kind of like, why are you yelling at everybody? Yeah. it's like why, why so would mad. you? Th- yeah, it's like <laughs> why are you so mad? Like why would you think that we like? Because again, they're saying to him, Arthur would never work with black men. So willingly, if he's doing so, there's a reason for that. Like you have to trust him, and he's just like, no, I saw them working together, and they're just like, okay, <laughs> and. <laughs> That's just kind of what it is. On the other hand, I will say that I really like a lot of the stuff between Manta and Arthur. Obviously, like, Manta hates him, and he is not letting that be hidden. And it's also just, like, giving some really fun interactions with them. The art, I think, is really nice. I would like a little bit more detail in things of Atlantis. I feel as though sometimes it just looks like buildings underwater, which is not what Atlantis is, obviously. But, like, I think it still looks very pretty and it does a lot of the stuff well. Um, Jackson does something really interesting at the end of the run. He, You, you watch Avatar The Last Airbender, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know you got to take sometimes. He basically <laughs> is doing his little bloodbending that Katara does. Oh. He, go, he goes to visit Orm in prison and he's trying to get Orm to talk and Orm is like, why are you speaking to me? Like, I wait for the real Aquaman to come. And Jackson's like, no, I can do the, all these type of things. And he like gets the water in his body. He takes control of him. And that's when the issue ends. And I was okay. like, ooh. And again. Oh, Jackson going dark. And so, and again, and that's what makes me think like a lot of the things are the decisions that he's making and the way he's speaking to people is a part of this story. Again, his mom is in the coma. He just got attacked because they considered him a traitor of Atlantis. There's even a, a moment with one of the guards he meets and the guards basically trying to apologize for attacking him. He's like, you know, we thought you were a bad guy. That was my bad. Jackson's just like, whatever. These are things that are all building up inside of him. He's becoming a little bit bad. I'm into it though. <laughs> Okay. Everybody got their dark era. Everybody, and you need them. Um, I think there's the background plot of, like, the Atlantean sleepers. It does feel a little bit weak at the moment, but we'll see how this goes. I'm still still in it enough to enjoy it, and it doesn't really take away from the story, and I think the art's still really good. I think the face acting is good. Um, I like the interactions with the characters. I think most people's voices sound good, except for Garth. But that could just be this first issue. We'll see how it comes later on, how they really take that relationship. I don't know if I dig the whole cold shoulder he's kind of giving. But we'll see. Yeah. I wonder if they're trying to say, is he jealous of him because he's replaced him and that he became Aquaman or something? I don't know. And like, which, which again, the, that would be kind of weird. All of those things feel really weird for Garth. <laughs> it's, just like, <laughs> it's just like, there's no reason for you to feel this way. It's just like you... So... I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But that was that. All in all, I'd still rate the issue like a 3.5 out of 5. I think there are some parts itself where the art should tell the story a little bit more. There was this one really big splash page that was beautiful and it had all of them talking, but there was just so many word bubbles over top of it. It really took away from it. And I feel like with splash pages, that's where you really want to let your art sing. Um, mm-hmm. So, But still, a really enjoyable book. I like the characters. I'm going to stick around. The colors are great. I'm into it. Next up is The Swamp Thing, number 11. And this is a grand return from Ram V, Mike Perkins, and the colors from Mike Spicer. And, you know, the book ended, technically, 
with issue 10 and then DC announced that they would be extending it. And so here we have returned and ran this. T- I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. This, this, I'm not going to lie to you. My timeline talks a lot about Swamp Thing. I'll be honest. It's, I'm going to be honest. People, <laughs> it's just it. Like, it looks incredible. It reads incredible. Uh, they're creating a horror story. And it's, Ooh. even if you, I feel like even if you've never read a lot of Swamp Thing before, he gives you enough that you're able to access it and understand what's going on and know that, like, these characters are connected to the green or these characters are connected to someone who was an avatar of the green. And, like, you just really get into it. There is this one panel where they are working on this guy's body and basically kind of using the bits of Levy's corpse with the green contamination in it to revive him. And, like, he gets up and later on in the book, he turns into this giant monster. And it's like, yes, this is, like, horror. This is, like, excellent. And uh, Perkins and Spicer working together, they just really sell it on the art. The girl who's kind of in love with Levy, she's looking for him because she doesn't believe he's dead. So she meets up with someone who was created by the Green. She is connected to a previous Swamp Thing avatar as well. At first, she refuses her. She's telling her, no, don't go anywhere near it. It's bad. But she comes back later and she helps her basically get into the green and like a really beautiful splash page. There's this flower and she uses the flower to trans uh, transport them there. But like there's this big just flash of light and there's pink and white and it's just a really pretty page to look at. Like, again, I can't say enough about this art. I can't say enough about this book. What a way to come back. I think everybody should pick it up. I've been saying that for a while. But I continue. What would you uh, rate this issue? I think I would actually rate this like a five out of five. This was probably my favorite book of the week. It just feels heavy. It feels deep. And it's like, I love it because it's like, there's also all these conversations. Just, you know, you read the mini deaths of Layla Starr. So, you know, Ram is really good at introspection and a character and like just the heavy elements of life, love, death, resurrection, meaning, all of those things. And like, he continues to do that in this. And it just feels super kind of affirming in a little way. That's like, things are bad, but it's like, we'll get through it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? A lot of that is needed right now, to be honest. So. We got the power um, to save the earth. That's yeah. basically what the book is saying. Definitely, definitely need that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and before we get into the last book of the week, I do want to highlight a few, few quick shots that came out. Iron Fist number two, the excellent number two, the Magic Order two, number six, which was the finale of that arc. Um, I can't recommend that enough. All the Magic fans get into that if you've never done it. DC vs. Vampires number six also came out. That's a really hot book. There was a Vampire Nightwing image that was going around the net. I don't know if you guys saw it. If you did, go look it up. It's hot. Like, DC vs. Vampires is hot. (laughs) You can expect it. Um, But last up today is Immortal X-Men number one. That comes from Karen Gillan and Lucas Wernick. Did you read this? I did, yes. Of course I did. I was excited to get into this. Exodus. Hello. <laughs> what do what you think about I liked it. Um, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I agree. So, like, <laughs> I liked it. I was intrigued by um, Obviously Sinister, which is, in my opinion, a really cool, like, full circle moment because... I feel like Gillen was the one who really like reimagined Sinister this way and like gave him that like um this kind of snarky 
you know, attitude and, and some personality into the character. And um, I know that some people try to continue that. And then it's really cool to kind of see him get to write him in another X book and really push that because and Sinister was fantastic in this. I mean, I'm sorry, but he spilled when he talked about magic users being annoying. It was, it was just. Because yeah. we ruined your evil plans? Yes. <laughs> yes. So yes. So it's bad. like, oh my gosh, let me do this. <laughs> okay. Um, but we could do it with magic. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, but it's going to fail. It's but always it going to fail. It, it always going to fail. It doesn't fail. Wanda just recreated the Elijah Fields. She was the reason that she had to have created him in the first place. Heaven. She was the, <laughs> she the, she was the, she was the reason. That's what people told me anyway. Oh, that's what every magic user say. It's always been Dr. Doom's fault. <laughs> 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 it's always Doom. Everybody um, But yeah. I mean, Doom is a king. We're not going to do too much on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed everyone kind of giving their pitches. I was wondering what was going to be the reason for Magneto to leave the council and him just pretty much saying, like, I did all I was supposed to do. <laughs> like, I'm just going, I'm out. I'm going to retire. Is perfect because, again, Magneto is one of my favorite X characters. And, you know, whenever people ask me, what do you see next for your favorite character? Um, I was, I'm always pretty honest about it. And when it comes to Magneto, it's just time for him to go sit down. Like, he can go sit down in his nice, like, palace. We can wheel him out whenever we need him to come do some, like, crazy magic thing. I mean, I'm sorry, definitely not magic. Some crazy mag <laughs> magnetism thing. And, <laughs> and then we can go from there. But, like, he doesn't need to be, like, spearheading a lot of stuff right now. We should make some room for other characters. Um, so him j just saying, like, you know, I'm out from the council. I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. Do something else. A lot, a lot more of Magneto's story should be more like introspective now than him trying to, mm -hmm. you know, lead a promised land. So that was interesting to see um, everyone, all of the different feelings. You know, I've talked about before that like when it comes to team books, I like to see everyone's personalities kind of bounce off of each other. So then we yeah. can kind of see who don't like each other, who does. And we got a lot of that in this issue, which I appreciated. You know, the um, Kitty is i don't know kitty's kind of annoying to me but but like <laughs> <laughs> but she plays her role whatever and it was interesting to see her, and her role being the, the good girl and like her and nightcrawler like being like oh we don't really like what's going on or whatever like you know yes. there has to be that kind of voice amongst the people so there does again i was, i appreciated that there was a mix of different But it's like my thing with Kitty, I guess, is like she's that girl, but she's also not because she's just going to do whatever Emma says. Well, she, in the beginning, remember, she didn't go to Massachusetts Academy. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe... Again, I I think Kitty's annoying, <laughs> but she you know. is. I agree with that. But I'm saying, like, even like in the context, I think my thing about the council is that I've realized I don't really like too many of them, which is fine. I do like Xavier and Destiny a lot, and I think they're very interesting. I can deal enough with the other characters. I I like Nightcrawler. 
I don't like him for the council, but again, he serves the purpose, like you said, to always kind of be the good guy voice of reason, which you need on the team, which is just like very annoying. That's, that's, what, like, the sum, that's what the summer, that's what the whole summer council is. I don't Gene know. Storm, Storm and him. Storm be giving, I'm not, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she do give, I don't care. Storm, Storm very much gives, like, I'm just here because you guys said we had to be here at noon, like, whatever. She be chosen. Um, yeah. But you know, but she do always, she do pick the compassionate route. Let's not act like she's not going to be like, you know, let's do what's good. Let's see. I, she's going to get over that soon, though. She's going to have to. She's really... <laughs> Bye. See, that's what I want to see. That's that's the Storm solo I want to see. Like, her having to deal with that. Mm, that's X-Men Red. You getting it soon. Hopefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will say, I think the most exciting part of this issue was probably Celine for me, which was a shock because I didn't go in expecting much from her. But I mean she was talking about magic, so I'm easy. Is Celine interesting or is this like a magic thing and I should just mind my business? For me it's just a magic thing. I don't necessarily <laughs> feel any particular I think Celine is one of those characters like she looks good. When I used to think of, when I was younger and I used to think about X-Men movies that weren't created by Fox and I would think about them making a Celine, I would see like Monica Bellucci walking onto the scene in like an all black dress and her jewels and just looking good and fine and just like waving her hand and being a bad bitch. And it was like, yeah, that's hot. And then she got okay. magic. Yeah, that's hot too. <laughs> but when okay. I think about Celine's stories, it's kind of just her around doing nothing. <laughs> doing nothing. And like failing. Necrotia was probably, was, Necrotia was probably like the biggest thing she's ever done. And even that was kind of like, okay. Like you raise zombies. To like eat them. To do what? <laughs> like, but I guess it's just, I, I think it's an interesting dichotomy between her and Emma, though. I think both of their goals is pretty much power. But whereas mm. Emma takes a very kind of practical corporate approach to get it and maintain, Celine just wants like power omnipotent with no real mm. goal. <clears throat> mm. Maybe that's why they don't get along. I don't know. Maybe I just made myself that's more interesting. Celine fan. I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just witnessed you becoming more of a Celine right now. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm going to go back and read some Celine stuff today. Um, yeah, that was hot. She was hot. She was cool. And then uh, I think going out of that, and like you said, the Sinister stuff was really interesting. It was a very full circle moment for him. How'd you feel about that last page for real? Um, well, at first I was, I had never thought about it before. Okay. I don't know why I didn't think that he would do something like that, <laughs> even though like, duh, of course he would do that. <laughs> um, so I was kind of gagged. He gagged me a bit. I will, I will admit <laughs> because, <laughs> because I was not expecting that to have happened. I thought like, oh. Why didn't yeah. I think of that? Of course he would. Of course he would have multiple of those. Was it confusing on how that works? Yes, a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> it was. I was a little confused, but I just figured I'm not smart like that, so I just let it go. But also, it don't matter at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> just know he could do it. <laughs> I also, um, I feel. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like it just opens up the uh, possibility of more time travel stuff, and like. Mm. And that's no good. I'm I'm kind of burnt out. Yeah. 
But I still haven't read X Lives That's a Wolverine yet. I'm waiting for it on the hit Marvel Unlimited so I can do it at once. So I don't really know what's going on with more. I feel like if you read that, I know some bad stuff apparently went on with her over there. So I feel like if you read that and then this, it really punched you a little bit more. Me, I just look at more right now. She's not on my list. She's not that girl like she used to be. I don't know. I haven't read so much. Of it. I need to finish it. Um, but Moira basically like the new Cameron Hodge. But I don't know how that how that's gonna work. Whatever, F her. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, I did think Immortal was fantastic. I really liked um, Exodus's voice in this. One of those, like, Exodus is a top five character for me, so I was really excited to finally get him in a book, an ongoing book, one where he's speaking and not just, like, doing some big power feat. <laughs> so um, at the instant when Exodus was not on Magneto's side was when I knew that Gillen had a great handle on Exodus's yeah. voice because, <clears throat> because, like, I think there were people who may have been under the assumption that Exodus is just, like, you know, main Magneto's attack dog or something. And um, that's not the case. <laughs> they kind of separated a while ago. And Exodus is really just on his own. Like, the whole... The whole mutant supremacy thing is no longer being driven by Magneto. That's truly his own motivations. Yeah. He tried to be good at one point. Go back to the Exodus episode I did on on him. Um, if you want to hear that. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciated him. You know, looking at Hope like she's the Messiah, and basically again reiterating that like the dream of mutants dominating is all he wants to protect so mm. i like i like exodus in this issue i like that i like a religious character sometimes um mm-hmm. especially when like they have faith but they're still skewed more as an antagonist in a lot of ways and how that mm-hmm. operates together i think that's really interesting i did also like that he looked like tom cruise a lot in this issue which is like one of the things i like about wernick's art you recognize a lot of the faces and i think that's really fun did he look like Tom Cruise? I don't know if I like that. I, 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 um, I noticed that we need some kind of editorial on like skin color because mm. like mm. they already get like the black skin color wrong and right. ex- Exodus is like five different colors shades of red <laughs> in, in this. So which is yeah, always definitely... interesting to me because it's like there's only one colorist. Right. And it's like, if how did you, you try it with this color? <laughs> why did you change? Like, what happened? I don't know. Maybe it's inks or shading. I don't know. But the book was cool. It was cute. What are your thoughts on Hope of joining the council? None. Flop. Yeah, I know. Same. Do not want. I'm not a fan of Hope. And honestly, you know, like the five, they starting to get on my nerves. Okay. Ah. Uh, I mean, they came in. She came in the room and said, uh, you know. <laughs> I need to be on the council. The, the five said we need representation. <laughs> and Sinister said, that's not like there's an or else on the air. Mm-hmm. What B said, <laughs> you were the chef. Just get in the kitchen and cook. Okay, stop. <laughs> Please. Just do what you got to do. Sit up on your pedestal. But, you know, I don't really dig Hope that much either. So, mm. she's fine. It's fine. It could be interesting. I really, I really just want to see what's going on with Xavier, Destiny, and Selene. Hmm. That's Do you think Selene gonna join? I don't think she'll join. I don't think she'll join. But 
I think she'll have some fun in this first arc, and then she'll go do something else. I know there's some new X books coming on, and I again, I think her like specifying magic and all of that stuff, and uh, reviving the Oracle Gate, like the X books likes to see it a lot of things and what it does currently. So yeah. I think something's gonna still come about from that. So if she joins down with the council later, that'd be great. If she just kind of goes off to do her own thing, that's also cool. I am now becoming a Celine fan, so. She needs to maybe help out with the magic side because this made me realize there aren't that there really aren't that many like users, <laughs> magic users. I mean, because um, I mean, like for the X Men. No, just in, in general, like prominent ones. Well, not prominent. I think there's a lot. I think they just don't get used. I think for the X Men, it makes sense to not have a lot though because they shouldn't. You already have powers. What you learn the magic for? The one girl who got magic don't even <laughs> use it. Right. Right. I guess that's I guess there was supposed to be mutant magic, but that become more of a concept and not like a power. Mm-hmm. Those are just circuits. Yeah. <laughs> what would you uh rate this issue? Uh honestly I'd give it a four out of five. I really did enjoy the setup for everything in Exodus and Sinister. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Winter Council. Mystica flop, but like, yeah, she she's seen, I guess. <laughs> but whatever. Um, I did enjoy the art. Um, I wish there was some better coloring that kind of went on there. But yeah, I'm excited to see like kind of what where this goes for Exodus and the Council. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I agree. I'd give it a four out of five too. I don't know. Um. I'm gonna stick with the first arc and see where it goes. Yeah, first arc should give me give me what I need. I always I always try to give it the first arc unless it's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, those are the books of the week. Let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come back. Let's do it. All right, welcome back, y'all, to the panel section of the show. And this week, um, I wanted to do, like, a quick rant. Yes, another rant. Oh. So, <laughs> you know, I, like I was trying to come up with ideas for this panel, like, oh, we can do a character or um, think of some different topics. And it really got me to think that, like, oh, nothing has, been, like, really excited me a lot about, like, comics right now. And okay. it got me to thinking, like, what is what's actually like what is like missing from comics right now and for me it feels like there isn't a lot of action and mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of the villains right now a lot of, at least from the big two like aren't really doing anything for the heroes mm-hmm. to kind of come back like it feels like a lot of these events recently have just been some outside force coming to attack or whatever or the King heroes fighting each other king and black <laughs> or it's a, or it's a you know a multiverse thing, and mm-hmm. everyone's like out fighting variants or something. But it doesn't really feel like the villains are even like doing anything right now. So like, what's mm-hmm. going on with that? Okay. What do you think has been going on with like comics right now, where the like excitement isn't really there as far as like action? Um, 
I don't, you know, I think, I think it, I think it also kind of depends on like the books that you're reading also. I think there are a lot that do a lot more talking and actually scratch everything that I just said. I think a lot of books are in a big world building phase right now. Everything we've talked mm. about, stuff that we've picked up, and everything feels very fresh and new, and it's or it's like a property that is coming back after being defunct for however many years, or it's something very small like Eternals that you really got to like kind of flesh out now to make it this thing for its live action debut. So I think a lot of places are just kind of like doing that, and with a lot of world building comes a lot of talking. Because you got to, like, explain things to the people. Like, make them see what it is and what you're doing, what you're going for. And unfortunately, there's not too much fighting in the superhero comic booky sense. Uh-huh. It's political. It is transactional. It is land. It's, you know, building. It seems as though a lot of these characters don't even really use their abilities too often anymore either. Like... You may get something here or there, but people aren't really using their powers either. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems it seems to me like a lot of there isn't any one for them to use their powers on. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> who are they going to fight? You mm-hmm. know. Um, so like, I mean, a lot of these characters do have like pretty explosive and destructive mm-hmm. abilities. So like, they can't just fight any old body. Otherwise, it's gonna look like they're just killers. Um, so, and I get that. But even that is like, yeah. I don't know. It so feels I guess, like a lot of it's lacking. So I guess my question to you would be, um, what, what's an example of a book that you feel as though is doing it right then? You said you, because you don't have a lot of excitement for a lot of them. What is something that you are excited to see and read? Um, action Comics is one. Uh, definitely look forward to that. Um, Captain Marvel, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> okay, is that that's all? I like, I like a lot of the other books on my like pull list too, but yeah. as far as like Black Widow is fun. And so I guess um, we'll well let's start with action comics. That was like one you said that without hesitation. What is it about that book that's really drawing you in and making you love it? Because Superman is again a character who you don't really know too much about, or you've never cared for in the past. Yeah. Now here it is the book you look forward to the most. Yeah, and I honestly feel like that is because there is a, like, kind of captivating feeling that you get from a lot of the situations that, a captivated feeling that you get from a lot of the situations Superman is put in in this book, where you're yeah. like, oh, he really, like, I really hope he makes it. And um, you kind of feel the the core of the character is felt through the writing, and mm-hmm. that is a lot of what I feel like I'm getting from Action Comics. On top of that, they do fight in this, like, mm. you know. They are in uh, a gladiator place. <laughs> they're in a gladiator world. So, like, there are, are actually, like, fights going on, not only from people in the gladiator ring, but, you know, people trying to break out from underneath and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, I I do like action and stuff, so, you know. You know, it's also very interesting because I feel like you like a lot of characters on the more super-powered side, obviously. And... I don't really feel like a lot of those characters fight too much. They aren't really, really allowed to, really, <laughs> because their powers are too much mm-hmm. for the things that are around them for them to fight. So then, um, because of the nature of comics now, where a lot of it isn't really like destructive or like you know, um, 
people aren't doing like big crazy fights and stuff like that as much anymore. Yeah. So like they can't really use their powers and fight too often because they create that habit. They're gonna destroy everything. They're gonna destroy everything. That, there, there's a lot more. There's a lot more. I guess they factor in the fact that these superheroes are in the world, and when they destroy stuff, people are being hurt. Now it's a lot yes. more ground in reality in that sense. So I understand what you're saying. Now you can't have like Captain Marvel just blasting all willy nilly because it's people in the world don't get <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I understand that. Well, do you Which think I thought was, was an interesting thing that they showed in Invincible um, was cool to see. Mm-hmm. That like, you know, when he was trying to use his powers, it's like, yo, you can't catch people like that. That lady lost her arm now. I know, that was nasty. Or even like when um the dad, they were fighting and he put him in front of the train and then all the people were like slamming into him and stuff like that. Like sad times. That was, that was a gruesome. That really shows you just how like powerful these people are. Like, I could just stand in front of this train. <laughs> and, and you did. <laughs> did well so let me ask you this as you come to this realization where you don't feel as excited about comics and like the type of characters you like do you feel as though it is changing the way you view characters and the characters that you like yes i do actually i think a lot of my favorites have changed (laughs) if people have been listening to seeing tumble down my uh, favorite list um, and I do think that um, the other types of characters that I end up liking more, it has less to do with appearances mm-hmm. and more about just the characters and their personalities and stuff that I like. So it's less that I see them as often, but more about just the characters mm-hmm. and powers and stuff that I am genuinely more drawn to versus mm-hmm. how many times I actually see them in something. So that mm-hmm. has really changed for sure. Um, but then, unfortunately, like that leaves few and far between for me to read for those characters if they haven't been in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to say, I wonder they, if that's also a part of like the lack of excitement, because you say something like action comics is very exciting to you, but at the same time, yeah. like it's not your fave. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe people out there, give me more suggestions on characters you would see me get into, because I never would have thought to get into Superman, because like, he won't worry. But honestly, <laughs> he's I don't know anymore. Yeah, it's hot. So like you know, and I honestly got into that because there was that Midnighter backup, and um, you know I like Midnighter and Apollo. So yeah, maybe there just needs to be other characters that I just have to maybe try. And so the, and then I'm, uh, I have, I have a few questions. Magic. I know. <laughs> okay, you've always been into magic, but anyways. <laughs> I uh, I also like hear you and you talk about the villains and how you feel like nobody's doing anything right now. When you say nobody's doing, do you want like another event type of situation? Like you want Dark Brain, Norman Osborn level type doing something? Do you want like uh, whatever was going on? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. You want, so you want you wanted to feel like everyone's fighting like one person, that one villain again, not just like whatever they're doing. Or, or they don't all have to be fighting that one villain because obviously in like a dark reign he had like you know the dark X Men and the Dark Avengers yeah. and all that kind of stuff so everyone had their own corners to be in, but I would like to see less outside forces coming to antagonize the heroes and more like build up of what we already got <laughs> and mm-hmm. and using that to you know mm-hmm. take over or whatever instead of the Chitari. Or the Kree or whatever coming from the eighth time, why don't you use the Magi and those like characters again? Or 
um, obviously I like aim, you can use aim again or any of those other kind of, mm-hmm. uh, the masters of evil or any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like they got a new masters of evil now. Sorry. Jason. Oh, yeah, did that's, that. <laughs> that's from, yeah. are they from like the masters of the universe or universes of evil or something? Yeah. They're like from multi, the multiverse. Cause the multiverse is bleeding into everything. It's awful. Yeah. I don't really like that. <laughs> But I mean that could I mean but you know I get that also like brings up a good point of how you might be feeling and why you might be feeling this way you don't really care for the multiverse and the multiverse is a big deal right now in Marvel in the MCU in the DCEU it's kind of always been a thing in the DCU yeah. um so it's like right now we are in whereas Dark Reign was like a great time for the lovers of the streets because yes yes <laughs> you know Norman Osborn yes. was making them get to work now we're in a period where the multiverse and like time travel and all the variants now popping up like that's the popular thing that's what people are into and that just might be this era it'll be interesting i think to see how much longer it lasts especially now i think we can all agree that marvel has been influenced by the mcu for a very long time now and it feels like there is while there's still synergy it feels a little bit more separated and i think you've kind of always said that you feel like the marvel universe is going to go to its little corners Mm-hmm. And so as they do that, it'll be interesting to see what route the, the like the comics now take. Because if everybody can do their own little thing now, it's just like, okay, are we going to get back to everybody doing their own little thing in the comics? Are we going to kind of go back to the situation? Are we just sticking in the multiverse for a little bit longer? Please no. But it's that I think in the next coming of age, what do you hope is kind of like, I guess, the next thing that takes it all over? I hope, honestly, that it's just villains in general. Um, I know that we're like in the whole multiverse and dance thing. Even if we go into kind of corners in the MCU and we go into corners in the comics in the 616, I would hope that like each of these corners starts to build up their own like villains um, instead of just bringing in some outside antagonist for everything. Kind of like what's happening with Dark Reign. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Devil's, Devil's Reign. Reign. Yeah, what's happening right now with Devil's Reign, where they're really like building up um, <clears throat> Fisk and Daredevil and everything, and that's bleeding out into the streets and and those characters over there. Um, I would like more of that in all of the other corners as well. Mm. So like you know, um, whatever's going on in the magic character corner, like there should be a bigger villain for like all those characters to really kind of fight instead of they're just randomly being an event <laughs> for them to kind of pop up because Null is back or whatever, yeah. and then they have to, like, come and join the fight. I would prefer mm-hmm. them to actually have their own, like, villain build-up or whatever, something something that is making these corners, like, wow. thrilling. Okay. Well, I mean, it might be like, do you have any villains that you've been loving or that you think are kind of carrying... Um, you know, that's an interesting question because I've, I used to, I would have said quite a few of the X-Men villains, but, um, all of the X-Men villains now aren't like villains. They're all like just a part of their citizens of Krakoa. Um, I mean, my favorite, yeah, my favorite villain is, was carrying for a while and that's Nimrod. (laughs) So, Mm. but I mean, that's, that's kind of, he's just going to be around now. Um, yeah. So hopefully he gets to pick things back up over there. But outside of that, 
Who do you uh, hope is kind of the next writer I'll to just... take on the Nimrod story? Well, that would be hot if Mike Carey came back and took that over. He's great. Yeah, that would be dope. I would really appreciate that. Um, or just anybody new, honestly. Just have an interest in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they really like it. Okay. I feel that. Yeah, so we'll see. Let us know what y'all think. Um, this is my, like, quick rant I wanted to <laughs> talk about because I want uh, comics to be fantastic. I love this this medium, so I really want them to be great. Um, definitely recommend me something, y'all, if you think I would be into it and stuff I should try. Um, let's take a break, and then we'll come right back. Ooh. All right, and welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone, for another rewatch or a rewatch, uh, the first watch, I guess, actually, uh, of the new Disney Plus series, Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac. Yes, yes. <laughs> what yes, a time yes. we live in. You know, so uh, did you watch Young Justice? I haven't yet. Okay. I haven't watched I, the most recent episodes yet, the new ones. I watched first. But, like, I just got to say, the, the like, one-two punch of having Moon Knight come out and then Young Justice come out the next day, beautiful. What a gorgeous week for me. You won. And there Absolutely. wasn't the youngest episode about uh, Jackson. Calvin, Jackson and Atlantis and Arion and yeah. all of that. Yes, it absolutely was. Wow. Beautiful. Please go and watch that, you guys. We might talk about that on a future episode. But we're going to get back to the Moon Knight here. And it was the first episode, the first show. And we have now introduced Mark's. Well, I'm sorry. His name is Steven in the show. With a V. Uh, with a V. Let you know <laughs> he that. He wants you to know. Let you know. <laughs> Um, and this man who is kind of discovering that he has uh, multiple personalities and that he might be a superhero or like he's a mercenary or just doing something that he doesn't know about. And so we're just kind of like getting to know him and dealing with all of the stuff that comes along with that. And I got to tell you, walking into it like with a completely unbiased opinion, I loved it. I okay. watched it a couple of times, actually. And not even necessarily just for like what the story did or anything like that but like i think oscar isaac is doing like a really good job as steven and acting and just kind of showing that split between this man who is trying to figure out what's going on and like doesn't know what's going on later there's one part in the show and we'll kind of like flip flop back and forth throughout the show part seven as we have the discussion but you know steven goes on a date with this girl and he's like up at the restaurant waiting for her she's not showing up he calls her and he's like our date's on friday and she's like yeah it's sunday and the scene of him kind of like coming to terms with the fact that it's sunday and it's just like the little subtle breakdowns of his face and like the emotion and things that he did right there like i was like yeah i'm here for this that that's actually one of my biggest things that i've noticed about this entire like watch for me was i was like damn Oscar kind of carrying this right now. <laughs> He's giving. <laughs> he was really like, like really putting on a performance for all of his scenes, and um, really like mm-hmm. making me really believe and like really fall into this world that he was creating with his acting. So like, shout out to them yeah. for getting Oscar Isaac. I know the check was uh, high, <laughs> so okay. good for them. Very high. I, also, <laughs> I, I really enjoy a lot of the stuff that they're doing with the camera in the show. There's like parts where he's walking, or even like kind of towards the ending of the episode where he's walking through the museum and like he's looking for the dog quote unquote and like the camera's just doing all these different things like i'm trying to find myself i'm like oh i gotta pay attention to steven and where he's going but also like what's going on in the background like i feel like they're playing with right you. things are moving like, 
montage, you know? And I was like, yeah. I thought that was the really intriguing part of the episode in a way to do the camera work that like kept me going. I've like I said, I've watched the episode a couple times now. So nothing was happening. But it was nice to see. <laughs> you know, I've I've also been always interested in how they would do the kind of violence of Moon Knight. Um granted I don't think he's like overly violent like a punisher or something, but he does beat ass where he's, you know, <laughs> really street so um with this they do like these like flash cuts like basically we didn't we don't get to see the ass beating mm-hmm. but we see steven wake up with you know blood in his mouth and blood on his fists mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. dead people around him <laughs> so yeah. and he freaks out about what's what's going on so i do like that they try to use that as kind of an out to not really show it although yeah. it would be really interesting if they ever did like show the actual action flashback episodes or something and they show like what was going on from a diff from the other mark's perspective i think i like the um i mean i see it both ways i like i think we're going to still get a little bit more of the action like actually seeing that of course Uh, we saw some of that at the end when he like fully went moon night and he was in the suit which looked fantastic by the way i can't believe people didn't like that when the concept photos and stuff leaked out i was like i always thought it was hot but it looks really good on the show but when it got to that part, I was like, oh, we're getting right here. Okay. I was like, no, where's the second? I was like, y'all should have dropped two episodes at once. That was really ugly. Oh, but, <laughs> um, you know, going back, I just, I liked it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think even, yeah. I just liked it. <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't too much, like, of a like crazy story stuff going on here we really did just get a lot of steven and seeing how he deals with you know his um like sudden bouts of changing into another persona and then waking up as someone else we see how he locks himself chains himself to his bed um how he has no control over his body sometimes and i believe that's conchu that's speaking to him when he was waking up basically trying to like not have him get killed yeah. Um, this again was all pretty much new to me. The last time we did our last episode when we did the Moon Knight reread, that was my first Moon Knight like run. And mm-hmm. so still this is all the characters and stuff are still pretty new to me. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure who the woman is that called him on the phone. I think that wasn't one of his girlfriends before. She is a brand new character. <laughs> She's new. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I don't so for some reason the um the guy who was like doing Moon Knight, he said that they didn't use any of the original characters. I will say that when he was going through the phone, when he found it, one of the names do champ, that is John Paul, like his French best friend. So that was a nice oh, okay. thing to see. But the girl herself, she is an OC creator for the show. Gotcha. Interesting. So um, well, and no, the guy at the beginning who was like put the glass in his shoes and was walking on glass this entire time, is he a villain for he Moon Knight or is he He's like a mix of a few different characters. So like, oh. yes and no. Okay. He's got like amalgamation. Bit, yeah, yeah. He's got a little bit of like Crawley in there. He's got a little bit of this one guy Truth, a little bit of this guy Sun King. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see kind of how they do him and what they do. Oh, I do remember what I was gonna say earlier also about like the action scenes you were talking about how it kinda is like him zoning out. I did like the way they did that, at least for this first episode for the effect. I don't know how much I'll enjoy it if they continue to do it like the entire time. But yeah. for this first kind of intro into him and like knowing that, again, he doesn't know what's going on when he's 
asleep, quote unquote. It was nice to see that like he has this moments of like, oh, okay, Mark is like, I gotta take over, and he like manages to wrestle control again before Steven comes back, and then we just see like all the disarray because it's like, dang, how did you do that? Like, how did we get here? And it'll be like kind of like, yeah, get to that part. Even when he was discovering everything and he was going through the mirrors and the bathrooms and all that, and he saw Mark's reflection, and Mark is like, just give me control. I was like, yeah, that's the guy who I'm looking for. <laughs> That's who I mm-hmm. want to see. And, and Oscar is pretty much in this entire scene acting with himself. So I think that like he's really showcasing what he can do. <laughs> and you really, you really want with this uh, casting of having Oscar Isaac play mm-hmm. Moon Knight. I think, mm-hmm. I think he's doing a fantastic job. It's good. I'm really excited. I, again, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little like worried because of some of the stuff that these folks have worked on before and just the way the yes. MCU has been clicking it's a MCU. little bit lately. <laughs> 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 and then, you know, again, with the MCU, getting your fave in there can be a blessing or a curse. You do not know. Mm-hmm. It's like, you might get a Moon Knight, you might get a Star-Lord, you might get a Black oh. Panther, <laughs> you might get a Gamora, like, I don't know. You might get a Taskmaster. <laughs> I haven't gotten that bad yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. But the first episode, I was, like, really into it. I was really into just kind of, like, the aspect of Mark and just, again, the, like, implications of him finding out that, like, what he thinks is going on isn't really going on. I think there's also a lot of little interesting bits in there. I saw one theory that the mom he's talking to or the letters that he has, it's actually from, like, another part of his personality writing to himself. He just has oh. no So that's interesting. Just... I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I know, right? See, I'm interested to see how a lot of this, like, how the Egyptian gods kind of play into this, too. And, like, I mm-hmm. liked the way that they kind of wove in those things and how this man, um, Glass Feet, how he <laughs> was... <laughs> <laughs> how he is, like, you know attached to this other female goddess and how, you know, she was wronged and coming after yeah. Moon Knight, I thought this was really interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how they tie in all the Egyptian mythology and stuff like that. It's something that's not super tapped into with Moon Knight. Obviously, we hit it every now and again because Khonshu is his avatar, and but we don't really see too many of the other ones. Again, like, in the comics, Mark is a Jewish guy, and so his Jewish heritage is, like, often played up a lot. And aspects of like how this jewish guy works with this egyptian god but never more so of like what the egyptian god does with the other egyptian gods because constantly is kind of like i don't bang with them don't bang with me let's just do this you and me so i think that's going to be a fun part of the show might get some synergy in that too i'm worried about the jewish part i hope they didn't erase that i think they did I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, this is the first episode. We haven't seen any, any anything yet. We are just meeting characters and everything. Uh, we, we don't even know what Steven even thinks about what's going on with his own personalities. So maybe there's another personality in there that it is would be Jewish. Really nice. Maybe this Steven is, is. It would be really nice if it was. I don't know. It doesn't again, make sense how Steven. I don't know. <laughs> again, again, I don't know. Mark is Jewish in the comics, and like him being Jewish shows. in the comics is kind of like an actually big deal with something that's been talked about a lot, funny. and storylines have been like built around it. His dad was a rabbi and all this stuff. Um, 
So it, I agree, it does suck if it's something that a it has been erased. But I don't know the interviews and things they did. It was very much just giving. Yeah, we didn't go that route, and it's kind of like it's it's almost like they like dodged the question. Yeah, and it's like it's I feel like, like not, not too many people, not too many interviewers, like even kind of even bring it up. But when it's ever mm -hmm. brought up, it's just like, oh, you know, he's got multiple personalities, and one of them is this Jewish, and one of them is a Jewish guy in the comics, and on the show we have a guy that with a British, uh, British accent. accent. Came out of and it's like, and it's like you didn't answer the question. <laughs> you was like, so is he not Jewish in the show or what? <laughs> oh. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I, again, you know, we might get that surprise when Mark comes out. We might get, like, some Jewish stuff in there. Um, but then also, like, I don't think... I don't know. I don't know how to, like, do Jewish people... Because Oscar Isaac isn't Jewish, I don't believe. I feel like you would no. want a Jewish actor to, like... I would assume. Oscar Isaac is Latino. He could have converted. True. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he is. I'm sorry. I, I do think they erased that, and um, that sucks. Because do you think that maybe they made one of the other personalities Jewish and just Mark isn't Jewish? That could be it. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm grasping at straws because I really I hope they didn't do that. Like <laughs> I said, I just really just think they erased it. <laughs> Damn. We'll see. I know that they're gonna get a lot of backlash if they did. Let's cross our fingers that they didn't know. I would like my I would like my Jewish mark. Because again, it's, yeah, it's a big deal. It's like storylines. Like he's got a heart. The whole Jeff Lemire arc run of Moon Knight like deals with him and like his uh dad and being Jewish. And then even the cool, what was that man's name? Max Bennis. He did a run mm. later on, and that like delves some more into it, and like how one of his uncles like is a part of the reason for him having DID because of the stuff he used to do to people. Oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. It's good. Moonlight's got some. Good <laughs> you gotta get into it. I mean, he has a lot of runs. Yeah, he does have a lot of runs because they <laughs> they, don't <laughs> last, they don't last that long. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rate this? What would you rate this first episode as a debut? Oh, was it giving compared to the others? Was it like, I mean, compared to the others, I don't really think. What are we really comparing it to, Loki? No, not that obviously. Because like, <laughs> um, what about Falcon Winter Soldier or WandaVision? Um, I mean, I like both of those shows. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think like so far, if I had to like rank things, I would probably still put Hawkeye actually at the top. Hawkeye was hot, yeah. That was really good to me. Um, I liked the opening of the debut of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm sorry, that first episode gave to me. I thought it was good. I think I think I think there were some like issues with Falcon and Winter Soldier in the script and everything. But like personally, like I thought it was amazing and I enjoy. It. I actually go back and watch it pretty frequently. I can't say that about many other Disney Plus shows, mm. and even WandaVision itself, which I liked. But I think a lot of that is just really like the weirdness of it. Mm. I don't I don't like have a like inclination to want to sit back down and watch it from beginning to end again. I thought it was a great story for Wanda. And it's like, cool. I don't need to watch that again. But Moon Knight's up there. I'm 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 trying to like really hold off until we get to the end and I can see all six episodes at one before an opening episode. I was intrigued. Like I said, I watched it multiple times. I like the aspects that they are pulling with the personality. I like the camera work. 
I I don't think there's too much from the supporting cast yet to like reel you in. We're obviously right. gonna get to know the girl a little bit more. I think Harold is pretty interesting. I'm interested to see what Ethan Hawke does with that. And Conchu from what we got of him, he was funny. Yeah, he was funny. I liked <laughs> yeah. And like that's exactly how I was expect him to talk. Like, why are you here? You're not the one I want. I want the one who's actually gonna do the work. Mm. Okay. I always appreciate your comic book accuracy. So it sounds like so far they at least like on their way there. Yeah. <laughs> right. They skimmed the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Definitely let us know what your thoughts are on Moon Knight. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Make sure you catch us on wherever you catch a podcast and please rate and subscribe. You can find us um, on Twitter and Instagram at another relaunch. You can email us anything at another relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at LZ. Um, oh, and yes, I am out here playing Elden Ring, and if you want to play together, my uh, PSN is MarvelMan90. Hit me up. Um, mm. Keenan, where can I find you? I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Keenan Lance. So you know there's an underscore at the end. I am not playing Elden Ring, but I am thinking about popping open Destiny 2 again. Ooh, classic. I know. I didn't download the Witch Queen DLC when it came out, so I think we'll get that. Mm. All right, cool. Let's get up out of here, y'all, and we'll catch you next week. All right, peace.